Hey, everyone, and welcome back to yet another episode of Hosted. As you all know, this is an opportunity for the host to sit on the other side of the table to be asked questions where they typically are asking all the questions. And today, super stoked to have Blaine Bolas on the podcast. He is the co-host of the DTC pod and also the founder of Cast Magic. So we will get into all of that. Blaine, you have a pretty extensive background. You're an investor, advisor. You have founded numerous companies. So I'm really excited to dig in and, and find out more about how podcasting has kind of worked its way into your into your life and your career journey. Welcome to the show. Thanks so much, Brandy. Um, so excited to be here. Really excited to do this pod with you. Um, yeah, so I'll give a little bit of background about myself. Uh, I've been in startups and entrepreneur for the last decade now. Ever since I left school, you know, I couldn't. I was always just wanting to build projects, build companies, build fun things, uh, and do things. Right? Uh, it felt really creative. It was a lot of fun to do. So uh, the first company I started was in the restaurant technology space. It's called Seated. They're a Series C company right now, really big in New York and a lot of those other markets. After I left Seated, um, I started building a company in the e-commerce data space. And as I was starting to build that company, uh, you know part of our go-to-market strategy was saying, hey, the customers we're, we're going after are a lot of times really popular e-commerce brands. And podcasting was, it was definitely popular, but maybe it wasn't so, so popular in all, all of B2B. So, you know, we said, hey, if we just have a podcast to talk with our customers and talk to these D2C brands, it's like a really good way to build relationships, get to know more about them, understand what their pain points are, what their problems are, and help build a compelling product. Um, I had moved to Miami at the time, and my co-host, Ramon, he had his own company that was also in the e-commerce software space. And, you know, we were kind of chatting, and I was like, it feels kind of weird to have a podcast that's just a, from my company. Like, it just feels a little bit forced. So I was like, why don't we do this where you have a company, I have a company, we both like talking about e-commerce, consumer brands, et cetera. Let's just do it together. And so that was kind of how D2C Pod got started. Now it's one of the top podcasts in e-commerce. We've had uh, hundreds and hundreds of brands come on the show and some of the best operators and investors. And, you know, we just like to have fun conversations with people building really cool and popular consumer businesses. Um, so that's a little bit about how, you know, I got started and got started into podcasting. And then Cast Magic, we can get into is, you know, being someone who builds startups all day. Um and having a podcast, there were instantly so many problems that came to mind that I was like, oh, we should go out and solve these because it was like a pain for my own specific workflow, um, especially as it pertained to show notes and creating more content out of your podcast and all that sort of stuff. So as we saw AI developing, there was a really cool opportunity to be able to productize and turn into a really cool software service that a bunch of podcasters could use. So that's the quick background. I know there's a whole lot to cover and unpack there and we can go into all of it, but that's the quick background. No, that was great. That was a really good recap. I mean, just kind of pedaling back to what you said about your reason to even start the podcast. I think you having that foresight into how do I connect with people in this industry or people that I ultimately want to have as customers, as clients. 
and bringing them on a podcast, asking them questions about their business, understanding their pain points. Like that's, that is the beauty of, of podcasts and a way to look at it that, you know, it, I don't think a lot of people were looking at it that way when podcasts first like gained popularity. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that, um, that was one of the things, right? I think I've generally like talking to people. I like getting as super, super close to the customer as close as I can, um, to really be able to build something valuable. And I think with podcasting, there's so, so, so many marketers, the way they think about marketing is in terms of very clear ROI, which is very important. But when we started the podcast, there was no terms of ROI that we could really put on it. It was more mm -hmm. like, Hey, if we just do this and we're consistent with it, despite what we get in terms of growth, are these conversations we'd want to be having in the first place? Like if, if there was no growth, if there was no way to monetize it, would you still be happy with the way you spent your time knowing that there's all this stuff that goes into it in terms of booking the guests, having the conversation, doing the follow-up, producing it? And like, and so we were able to say, hey, even in a worst case scenario, this is still something that I'd like genuinely like to be doing. Um, so I think that was a really good guiding principle for why it made sense for us to, um, you know, even dedicate the time through the podcast and through it, obviously there's been so many good things and so many great relationships that have come through it. Um, but yeah, when, when we were just getting started, it was more like, we have a good gut feeling here that this will probably be the, the right thing to do. I don't have any concrete numbers to prove it when I'm starting a podcast with zero downloads and zero episodes, but it felt right. And it felt like something that we'd be able to maintain sustainably. Yeah. And I think another side of looking at that too, Blaine, is you get to showcase your knowledge. Yes, you're interviewing these, these guests who are really good potential fit for your business, but also you are, you're getting to showcase everything that you know about you know, the, the, the DTC world and your experience and, and how you, you help your clients navigate the space. So I think there's kind of like the, the two sides there that is, is really powerful from a podcasting standpoint. And I think the other thing that probably goes under the radar for a lot of podcasts is I think it's one of being, when you're in the host seat, I think it is an incredible way to learn, right? Like mm -hmm. you have all these different guests and I don't just talk to the same type of guests every single time. So we'll bring on everyone from founders to marketers, to creators, to VCs. And you kind of start to, to be able to have those conversations that you need to know a decent amount to be able to like start having a good quality of conversation. So um, it just kind of keeps you on your toes and is a great way to like actively learn and engage and have these conversations where people are, they're really teaching you. It's like, you get to be in the the student seat almost a lot of the times, and you're learning from some of the smartest people uh, in the world, in their fields. And, but you have to be dangerous. You have to know enough about what they're doing. You have to do a little bit of research. So you're not just having a totally nonsensical conversation. And I do think a lot of the times what we try to do is we try to be really, you know, really curious. And I'm, genuinely curious into like, okay, how did you do that? Why did you do it that way? Like, okay, if I don't know about this one way you built your business, tell me how did, how did that work? And all these sort of things. So if you're genuinely curious and you like learning, I think podcasting, especially as a host is like a great seat to be in. Yeah. And that seems to be a really common theme amongst most of the hosts that I speak with who are successful and they've been doing it for quite some time. You do have to have an interest and a, and a curiosity 
and you and some baseline knowledge to be able to hold a conversation if you're if you're speaking to a particular audience. So when you are looking to bring guests on onto your show, are there certain? I know that you you're interviewing a a diverse group of of individuals um, coming from different perspectives, but is there is there certain criteria that you look for? Yeah, absolutely. I think the the way we think about it is the first criteria is like, is this a conversation that if I'm putting out, putting aside an hour on my calendar that like we're really willing to commit to in a conversation that we want to have. So that's like the first step. So, you know, be a good person, be an interesting person, have something to talk about. That's like step one. The next step is like also how we consider our audience. So, uh, you know, our audience is primarily operators and people who are early entrepreneurs or founding a commerce business, and they're really looking to learn, right? Yep. So we're trying to make sure that the guests that we bring on the show are going to have engaging conversations with us, but like, hopefully are going to teach something to as well. If they can teach something to me and they can teach something to the rest of our audience, it's going to be a valuable conversation. So what we're not looking for is, um, you know, and with that, and I think this is a really an interesting part about podcasts that fit a certain niche is that you always have a certain type of company or whomever what is that like kind of wants to go after your audience base, right? So in our case, our audience is all e-commerce operators and stores and brands. So then you naturally have a lot of like the e-commerce tech companies wanting to, um, you know, tell their story. So our inboxes are just absolutely flooded with people and sponsors. We're like, oh, well, we want to tell our story about our company because, yeah, of course, you want to get in front of this audience. So we're also trying to make sure that if we do bring in, um, you know, enablement companies or services that like they're teaching us something too, they're teaching something to the audience and that there's, uh, and we're not overdoing it. So it's just not a parade of sponsors coming through, but it's like a really organic uh, mix. And how are you able to get to that? Because I think that most people that are especially if they know that the the audience that you're tapping into is an audience that they would benefit from as well. How do you steer them away from talking about their product, yeah, their offerings and and adding value because that's not typically how people come to a conversation and interview. Yeah. And, and most of the times everyone, you know, comes, they have some sort of agenda they're pushing, which is, which is to be natural. But the way I kind of say it is like, I think that the most organic and natural conversations come through authenticity and not like people, the audience doesn't want to hear like a, an hour long pitch of the product, right? Like that's not super interesting. Yeah, exactly. And not only that, it's like, even for them, it may, it puts them in a, a weirder position if they're just like pitching their product the entire Hour. So what when a lot of those enablement or software companies try to come on, I try to take it the same way. I'm like, let's, you know, teach me a lesson. Like whether if you're a financial services company and you cater to e-commerce brands, like, okay, let's do a crash course on what do brands need to know about finance. If you are, you know, and if you're a, a product that does like website optimization, okay, that's great. But like let's do an episode about what do brands actually need to know about website optimization? If you are a first-time founder and you've never heard the term website optim- optimization before, what are the things you need to know? What are you going to teach me? What are some resources to get started that aren't your brand? But like you can talk about your brand as well. But when we put in that framework of just basically having them 
teach us a lesson and teach me a lesson in the overarching theme that they're in, those seem to go a lot better. They're more enjoyable for us. They're more enjoyable for the audience. And there's a lot of value that comes out of there. And they're more enjoyable for the guests too. Really. I mean, everyone wants to share their knowledge. And and when you're tapping into that curiosity, like as a guest, and if you get a host excited and they start asking more questions, it just, it creates that synergy, which is is really important in podcasting that I don't think a lot of people think about is that that connectivity that you have between the the host and the guest. Oh, absolutely. And and yeah, we we see it all the time. Our a lot of our top episodes are ones that are even on the sponsor enablement side, but there we'll have guests reach out and be like, "Oh my god, I learned so much from that episode. So and so was really great." So you know, I try to make sure that when we do have, um, you know, those sort of companies on that we're that I'm doing my job as a host as well to like help prep them and be like, Hey, like I, we're going to get to your stuff that you want to talk about, but like, here's the format. It's going to work better for you. It's going to work better for me. Cause I, I don't want to have to like get bored during this conversation. It's going to work better for our guests. Cause they're going to learn something and take something away. Absolutely. And Blaine, I know we're going to get into Cast Magic and and really your experience with podcasting. Cast Magic is a, a byproduct of that. But thinking about some of the other things that you do, you're an investor, an advisor. Have you, through the the folks that you've had on your podcast, have you invested in any of the um, e-commerce brands or are you sitting on a board from for anyone who you've had on as a guest? Yeah, absolutely. I have. Um, I have invested in people who've been able to come on the podcast. I've made amazing relationships with founders who have come on the podcast. So I think what podcasting does is it just introduces another level of like serendipity into your professional career. And mm-hmm. you're able to connect with people who maybe you wouldn't connect with outside of that podcast. And I have great friends that I've met through the podcast. There's certain guests that come on and, you know, they have an agenda, you have an agenda and you're like, okay, this was like a weird conversation. And I don't know if I'm going to be like tight with them or like be friends with them moving forward into the future. But then, you know, for, for all of those people, you also get the gems that, you know, you would never have crossed paths with otherwise that make up their weight in gold and they become invaluable relationships or friendships or whatever it is in your life. So, um, yeah, I guess to answer your question, I definitely have worked with, uh, some companies that I've been able to meet through the podcast I wouldn't have otherwise, and, um, have made some amazing relationships and friendships through it as well. And are you, are you going out and searching for your guests? Are you, you know, looking at different outlets to try and find interesting folks who can come on? Are people reaching out to you? Uh, probably a little bit of mixture of of both, I would assume. Yeah. So, so I think it's a mixture of both. In the in the beginning, we were really focused on doing a whole bunch of outreach, but now it's kind of to the point where we get a lot of inbound. So it's more about us just like filtering through who wants to come on our pod. Um, and then through, I think when you're building a podcast over time, you start to build relationships with other like people who are basically feeders for your pod, people that you can trust who can say, you know, Hey, I've got such and such person. You should totally have them on the pod. And then I don't even have to think twice. Cause it's someone that I trust. That's already vetted that for me. Um, so mm-hmm. as, as a host, it's like, you know, we're, we're about to be, we're coming up on 300 episodes. Um, so we've been at it a little bit, not, not super, super long, but enough to, enough to be dangerous. 
And yeah, I think we've found that throughout throughout all those episodes, we've built relationships not only with guests who are going to refer other great guests, but as well as friends of the show who like know what our podcast is about, who are able to refer us. So, you know, if there's someone that I really want to have on on the show, I might reach out directly at this stage and be like, hey, I really want to talk to you. Come on our podcast and let's do it. But um, it's definitely less mind share than it was when we were starting out and I was trying to figure out how to fill our pipeline. Yeah, I, I think that's really common for for anyone starting out in, in podcasting, especially a guest-based podcast. And I, I think that there's that moment. I don't know if you had this, but when you get somebody to say yes, like somebody on your on your wish list that you're like, I would love to talk to this person. And this is a very random outreach, but I'm gonna do it. And when they say yes, it's like it's it's the best feeling. Oh yeah. It's like, wait, what? You're coming on the pod? <laughs> like, okay, that sounds great. Let's do it. <laughs> and that's how we feel on the other side too, when we're working with our clients and getting them on certain podcasts. And if they have this like dream podcast that they've always wanted to be on and we end up landing it for them, it's just like, yes, it's great. Such a, no, it's it, the best feeling. Well, and it's a funny thing because at the end of the day, podcasters are people too. So, so like, again, you can get those guests who will agree to come on the show and the host is going to be like, wait, well, what are you doing coming on my show? And then vice versa, right? Where, um, you know, the, you placing a guest and the guest is like, wait, I have no business being on that show. But like the host is like, you know what, like, let's give you a go. I want to hear from that vantage point. Like, let's do it. So I think it cuts both ways. Um, I know we have a couple of guests that we've had on that have been incredible. I'm like, what are you doing on the show? And ones that we already have booked for the future. But yeah, it's just one of those neat things of podcasting where it's really like anyone can be on any show and it's kind of great. Truly. I know it is. It's kind of like just breaking down those barriers, you know, to things that you never really thought were were possible. So it's really, that's super exciting. You know, and um, you know, obviously getting the guest, having the conversation, that's a lift. But a bigger lift is what comes after the conversation, the publishing, the distribution, sharing of content, hopefully getting the guests to share some content. And, and I think this was a major pain point for you, um, enter cast magic. So talk me through that. Just what, what is that? Did you have a process? Uh, did you have yeah. support? Was it, was it just you and your co-host that was doing all of the, the post-production work? So basically, I think the one thing that I learned once we had the the show set up uh, and everything was moving that, you know, if I'm putting out content into the world, I want it to be good, right? And I don't, yeah. I, I want it to be representative of my work. I don't want to just like create a bunch of spam content. And then you quickly discover that not only are you taking a bunch of time scheduling podcasts, having an intro with them, talking to the potential guests about what you guys might talk about on the show, then you record the episode call that an hour. But then when it comes to the production and post-production of that, you've done all the work and you have all this great content. But like, if you are, if you're not like one of the top, top podcasts in the world where you've got a massive budget and you've got, you know, millions of downloads per episode, a lot of times that responsibility to promote your show falls on your own lap. So in our case, uh, you know, we'd have these conversations. Sure, I had a couple people on our team who could help out and do different stuff. And we we had automated some of the process away. But for whatever reason, I kept finding myself having to write our show notes. And also, I, I like design our graphic cards, too. And I like I love 
creating a different thumbnail for each one of our shows that's like a different color engaging brings like the characteristic of the brand because like I'm a freak for design so I just kind of like that but um you know I was like over indexing my time heavily on this podcasting stuff and then so as soon as we saw um AI coming around and the advancements that it was having I was like you know we've got the transcript there's so much good content in there and if I had the time, I'd be doing things like, I was like, oh man, I know I'm not sending enough thank you follow-ups to my guests. I know I'm not doing things like, you know, posting what the guests talked about on like Twitter. I know I'm not doing things like turning that conversation into a blog post. I know my show notes are taking me a long time. And like, just to get the timestamps and tell my video editor where they need to clip, like all this was just taking so much time. Um, and I was the one doing it. So as soon as this kind of stuff started to happen and we saw what was happening in AI, I was having a conversation with a friend who, um, you know, happens to be an absolutely amazing developer, like top in the world. And we're chatting about it. And I was like, oh, you know, I have this crazy idea for AI. I was like, it's not, not the crazy, it's pretty straightforward. But so I didn't expect him to like say, oh yeah, I'll build that. But he was like, Oh, that's a good idea. I'll build it. I'll build it with you. And I was like, you will. It's incredible. Um, right. I was like, excuse me. He's like, yeah, like, <laughs> let's do it. So this, that call we had together was on December 31st of 2022. Um, and I mean, we're, I guess coming up, we're not even a hundred days in as of the time we're recording this podcast and we're already live. We support a whole bunch of different podcasts in addition to our own um, so it's just been a real whirlwind in terms of like building a product. And again, the philosophy we kind of had with the product too, was the same thing. It was like, at the end of the day, if no one other than me uses it, it's still awesome because now I don't have to do my show notes and I have my own tool that I've built, but it's really amazing to also see how value, how valuable it's been for other podcasters as well. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's such a source, a pain point source for sure. And you're right. Like, unless you are a giant podcast that's bringing in a ton of revenue from their show, you really can't justify paying a team for that that post-production work. And it takes a lot of time. It takes a ton of time. And it's just, it, it's one of those things that I, same as you, like there's all these things that end up getting dropped, right? Like you, the social posting, and it's just using that bandwidth to create all of that. And I, have been lucky enough to use cast magic. It is incredible. I was it same thing. Like it would be getting my show notes prepped and social media posts, a blog post that was always on my to-do list and it always got pushed to the next day. And then just like once I used cast magic, it was like, oh my gosh, this is the best thing ever. It was incredible. Yeah. I I mean, I, I love to hear that. It's super exciting to be able to hear that. We're excited about how many more places that we can take it because like once you have that foundational content and you know what's in there, there's just so much that becomes possible. But I think one of the other really exciting parts has just been the response from all, all these podcasters who haven't had the access to these tools. Like you were saying, it's it's expensive to to hire out your own agency to do this sort of stuff. We actually, before we had built this, maybe a year ago, we actually had contracted a show notes agency to do something like this. And the quality, there was still the problem with like the turnaround time, what the content out we were getting was, 
Um, and we're paying way, way more for that to get it, you know, done. So, um, you know, I think it's been really valuable and we're just excited to to keep building and find all the different use cases that, that podcasters have for it. Cause like once we've given it to them, they're like, oh wait, we could do this. And why don't you do that? And all these different ideas are coming up. Yeah. So talk, talk to me about that a bit. So what other, like, what is, what does the future look like? What other add-ons? I mean, you just, you're a hundred days in there's, I I can't even imagine what you've got brewing. Cool. So I'm going to tell you what we have right now. And I'm going to tell you what's on our roadmap. And this is like, this is hot off the press because I don't think I've told anyone else publicly. So anyway, what we have right now, um, actually, I'm just going to pull up an instance so I don't flub it. But um, when you basically you go into cast magic you upload an episode and instantly you're able to get a clean transcript that's broken out by all the different speakers um and then once you label your speakers it provides context to the ai to create really good and really accurate content so you go in you're basically like speaker a is blaine speaker b is brandy whatever it is and then instantly uh the content's going to start to generate so we out of the box generate titles uh for the show keywords a bio about the speaker, if you have a guest on the show, an introduction for that specific show, a timestamped overview of the show, a Q&A section for all the questions and answers that might come out of your show, um, key topics and bullets. So that's just like the meat and potatoes of what you guys cover in the show. Uh, a clip finder. So this one's cool. A lot of times, uh, if you have a video editor who likes to do short form, it's hard for them to like find where to go for like that magic moment to like turn into a highlight reel. So we basically instantly spit out where the clips are in your transcript so it'll be your who said it when they said it like in terms of the timestamp, what the quote is and then even like what a cta or like what a hook might be for a title if you're gonna turn that into like a social card or a, a video clip um a real script that one's fun that's like if you wanted to recap your own podcast in the first person and be like hey guys today i had the show where blaine came on here's what we talked about so it like writes the script for you um LinkedIn post, uh, which is pretty self-explanatory. A newsletter. This one's big because we had a, a new, we had an email list of people, but like I would never just write the email newsletter being like, hey, here's our next episode because it was too much work. So now you got the newsletter. Um, and the last thing out of the box is a tweet thread. And I love this one because it actually takes all the content that's in the episode and turns it into a really cohesive, coherent thread. It's not just a bunch of like random one-off tweets. It's like actually like, no, here's what they talked about. And it makes sense in in that flow. So that's what you get out of the box. And then the last thing we also have magic chat, which is basically chat GPT for your podcast. So you've uploaded that episode and now you can ask for anything else you want from that episode. So, um, for us, like if it hasn't been productized out of the box, then I can ask for it. So, you know, I asked magic chat for my follow-up emails to my guests. Uh, I asked magic chat a lot of times. I'm like, what are some you know, clickbaity sort of questions that this episode might answer. Cause sometimes I don't like giving away everything in my show notes. Right. So, um, I might, I might ask for some like lead ins to the show. I could ask for anything I want there. Um, so yeah, that's, that's what we have right out of the box. And, uh, it's been super powerful. And just one thing to add is the reason that these products exist and the reason we needed to, because a lot of people ask like, well, why don't I just take a transcript and paste it into chat GPT? And like our answer is basically the problem with ChatGPT is you can't paste over a certain amount of 
text or context into it without it throwing you an error. So if you took like a 16 page transcript and you dumped it in there, it would just say error, like we can't process that. And then mm -hmm. beyond that, even if it were able to accept that in like future releases where they increase the amount of tokens they're able to accept, you still have the problem of you're going to have to manually come up with the right prompt for each one of these things. And like, you're going to be fighting. So even your workflow within chat GPT, you could still be looking at, you know, 30 minutes to an hour, at least just to try to get something that's not as good as this out. So that's kind of why we exist and a little bit of what we do. Yeah, and I can I can absolutely attest to that. I've I've used other chat GBT platforms to try and produce post-production content and social posts. And it takes so much time. I absolutely have copied and pasted a transcription and have gotten the error. And so seriously, Blaine, when I use Cast Magic, it was, I had three of my team members were like hovering over my shoulder <laughs> and we were playing around. We're like, you know, punch up the show notes with some humor. And so we got like a couple different versions. It was just incredible. It was, it was amazing. So it was like everything that I had been looking for. So it really is just, you've thought about all the different things that as podcasters, we need to to give our conversations extra miles. No, absolutely. And I think extra miles, that's kind of leads us into maybe the direction that we're headed because I think our goal... So I think that there's a, a couple interesting things going on right now. One, you have AI, which means a whole bunch of people are equipped with a whole bunch of new tools to build crazy stuff. So there's been a bunch of competitors that have like popped up in the last month as well. Like it's like every day someone else is building something crazy with AI, but like, so you have the competitors that are popping up, but then you also have the existing platforms, right? So you've got hosting platforms and you're like, oh, are the hosting platforms going to integrate something like this? And then you've got mm -hmm. like the editing platforms, right? Like you've got, uh, you know, things like Descript or like, um, Riverside or some of these other like points of capture platforms. And these these were all things we thought about when we were developing the tool. But we said you, the reason we want to develop this tool is because what we're really productizing is the accuracy and the like extraction and the mileage of the content there, right? Like mm -hmm. if we're going to be the best at one thing, it's going to be how do we get to the essence of what's in that conversation and make it as close to like usable right out of the box as possible um because there's a big difference between ai content that's just a bunch of spam and like is just you know excuse my language but it's just total crap because yep. it just comes out and you're like what is that i can't use it and content that's like oh my god you just got me like 99 of the way there i'm gonna like make a like a couple edits and this is already good to go right so we really wanted to double down on that portion of like accuracy and how do we really bring out all the value and that's what we've been spending the last three months really really working hard to productize and focus on um and i think that leads me into where this is going and what the opportunity here is for cast magic and podcasters etc is the idea that there's so much amazing content not just in the podcast episodes that you're releasing this week or this day but also the episodes that you've already released that you haven't productized right or you haven't gotten all that content out so like what we're what we're really what we're really good at right now is you upload an episode and you're able to get whatever content you want out of that episode where this goes is being able to index 
your entire catalog of content and start creating content that goes across, that jumps across episodes. If you're, if our topic, if we cover, you know, direct to consumer and e-commerce and I've done a hundred episodes and some of those episodes, say I've like, you know, 20 episodes related to marketing, 20 episodes related to VC, 20 episodes related to product manufacturing. They're all different things, but I might start with a, a an output that I'm looking for. Like, oh, let's come up and let's brainstorm and let's write a piece about, about, uh, about marketing, right? Or let's write a piece about product development. What we'll be able to do is be able to go through your index and start extracting the building blocks from all those different episodes that cover those topics to build really compelling case studies and really compel compelling content blocks that start to move across your entire content library. So that's a direction that I'm super, super excited about. That's going to unlock so much of the value that's in, in all those podcasts. It's not just like one dimensional, like, oh, go listen to my episode of XYZ who was on my show six months ago. Here's what he said. It's like, it's, a, it has a bit more depth than that. That's incredible. So it's going to be able to, to pull all of the interviews that are somewhat related uh and and build a really rich content piece it's incredible yeah yeah basically being able to index your entire audio library into um you know your own source of truth if you will your own internal little knowledge base that you can use as building blocks to suck out and build out whatever types of content you want so that's definitely a direction we're really excited about productizing and moving towards because that's where i think the the future is, and I think it's going to be really valuable for all the the podcasters who've been at it for a while because they've got all of that good content that they haven't like really unleashed. Um, and and as well as as other people who are entering the space, I think it brings the value of podcasting up. Because, um, mm-hmm. like I said before, it was like, oh, if I just have this conversation and no one listens to it, like at least I had a good conversation. But now it becomes something like, and you know, one of my one of my predictions for the next two or three years of um, of marketing and podcasting is I think podcasting is the next webinar for B2B. I think every B2B company will have a podcast. And I think tools like Cast Magic play an essential role in terms of the ROI on that podcast. I know I've seen it. I know I see several companies with their own podcast now, but I think it's going to be something that's really, um, you know, everyone's going to have it. It's just table stakes for the entire B2B industry, just because the content that you're able to create and the value you're able to capture, especially with tools like this is just so much. Yeah, 100%. And I've even, there's so many companies who have gone all in on podcasting and I 100% agree with you. It's definitely taking the place of, of webinars. It also has been incredibly helpful for organizations to have a better connection with their leadership team. So if you're able to, as a CEO and you have a relatively large organization and it's hard to connect individually with your team, being able to highlight certain topics and and disperse that information, it's it has been, I cannot tell you how many of our clients have come to us. And that was an that was an outcome I never anticipated. But they would say like, I've gotten so many emails from my staff, from my team and and how they're they feel more connected to our mission and what we're doing as a as an organization and to me as a leader. So it's it's incredibly powerful and and then to be able to create additional content beyond the audio 
that's what, and that's the next phase to all of this. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the the audio, that long form pillar content just becomes the building blocks for all those other types of content that, uh, you know, content marketers need to produce and need to distribute, especially as it pertains to blogs, especially as it pertains to their email marketing and their lifecycle marketing. Now they're able to get snippets out and push that content through uh, all their channels. So that becomes a really valuable part. And then another one that no one's talking about is also like employee advocacy and and growth marketing through that, right? Like now people within the firms are able to like you're saying, understand what's going on, but also start posting different blips of content that that's coming through their channels across their social to 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 grow the presence as well. So I think, um, you know, I think podcasting just as a format is just lends itself so well to to B2B or not even B2B, anyone who's really trying to grow a brand, grow a connection with whether it's their customers, whether it's in 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 a B2B sense, whether it's their community, like whomever it is, I think podcasting is just like a, a really foundational sort of piece and is just going to just going to continue to grow. Yeah. And I've said this from the beginning too, that podcasting is like, like blogging in like yeah. two, 2000, like early 2000s. I felt like it was, you know, 2005, everyone had a blog. Everybody did. And now it's, now it's podcasting and it's just the, the information, the way that you're able to communicate through audio and then, and by all means, have a blog too. Just take that audio and, and transcribe and it, turn it into, yeah. and turn it into a blog. So it's, it's pretty cool to, to see that. Yeah. And I think the challenge is just like we saw in blogs, it was like, you're saying everyone had a blog, but like a lot of people didn't stick with it or didn't, uh, you know, adapt to the right platforms at the right times and that sort of thing. So I think a real key with podcasting is just time in the game and uh, consistency. I've seen so many, there's so many podcasts that people have just been doing it year after year after year. They have like millions of downloads and I'm like, what's your secret? And they're like, you just, you just, just keep do doing it. You just Show keep up. doing it and it grows. Get and we better. Even see it, we even see it in our numbers. It's like, it's like every time we're like, oh, like this podcast isn't growing. And then like the minute you think that just through consistency, it just keeps growing. It's like one of these things that like they just grow by this, the the fact that you're doing it, you're getting better at what you're doing. And like, then you also as a podcaster, you have all this back library of content, which people are starting to stumble across maybe your older episodes and tune into that. So then you get this like long tail that also starts to drive growth of the entire show you have more subscribers and everything like that. So yeah, it's just a, I would say for podcasters, I think a big thing is one consistency two, um, being in it for the right reasons and three being open to, uh, being open to like how things change and adapting quickly to those changes. Right. A lot of times in startups, whether it's startups or podcasting, et cetera, markets move quickly and you want to be, you want to be, at the forefront of those changes coming, right? Like the bloggers who moved to Instagram first were the ones that made it really big. And maybe the ones who were stubborn and like, oh, like, so the ones that were stubborn and stuck it out with blogging are probably doing pretty well. Cause like, if you've been blogging that long and you've grown a blog over that amount of time, you're probably doing really well. So consistency works. And the bloggers who went to Instagram early and started creating that content in a different format, they're doing really well. It's the people who are kind of like flaky and like, oh, like, I'm kind of into blogging now and 
they wait and then they're like, oh, I'm kind of into Instagram now. And then they wait and then they're just like waiting and jumping from the next thing to the next thing. I think that's the dangerous spot to be. 100%. You always have to be looking ahead. And the consistency is huge. And to think you're going to just grow your audience overnight. It's just that's so short-sighted. And that's why most people end up leaving the game. I mean, I, I think statistically people get to like episode eight. It's a lot of work and they're done. So sticking it out, continuing to evolve, creating good content that people actually want to listen to. If you have a a podcast that brings guests on, keep pushing and finding great, incredible guests. And guests that can cross-promote too is incredibly helpful. So those who have big audiences who are going to repost your content, and those are all really great ways to continue to grow and evolve. Yeah, and I think to your point about cross promotion and guest posting it's it's so cool to see because like even across our socials whenever our guests like promo our show and that they were on our show like we see the growth in the show um in terms of people who are like now following our page for our new things and yes we're niche so it it becomes pretty easy it's like anyone who sees d2c is like okay we're we're in on that um but yeah it's just it's and, and i'd be curious from from your end and what you guys see like what are what are some best practices to get engagement from guests? Because sometimes I think as a host, it can be a little bit awkward to be like, hey, are you going to like post that thing or not? Or so like, what what do you see from your end in the, in the most successful sort of follow up between hosts and guests? Yeah. And that's one of the most challenging things that we have because every host wants the guest to share the content. It's really hard to get people to do that. I think one of the really successful ways that I've seen hosts get that promotion out is by providing the content. So, you know, being able to send su suggested posts to make it so they don't even have to think about it. And if you're able to add any sort of branding um, for some some photos, if you, you can tie in the guest, the company brand, and then provide the copy, just making it as easily, easy as humanly possible for that guest to just scoop up that content and, and, and repost it. Also just posting it, tagging them. So hopefully that they'll, they'll turn around and, and repost as well. So those are some of the, the different, the different methods that we've seen really be successful. Um, we've also seen hosts who have contracts that they have guests signed and part of the oh, contract wow. is that they share the content. Oh, wow. Um, that, that's aggressive. interesting. Yeah, that's a little aggressive. So we, we don't do that. I think one thing that we've seen that actually does work pretty well if the guest doesn't want to show as long as they like on LinkedIn, I think LinkedIn's a great place for for podcast stuff. Um, a lot of the times it's funny because you'll have the guests that are like so eager to share that they were on our podcast that they just go do it like before I, I even like send them all this stuff, which is kind of funny. But then you've also got the ones who, well, then on the other side, you've got the ones who like won't engage with anything. And you're like, okay, that's like a little weird, but I don't know. Some people are busy and some people are a little awkward and don't like putting them, themselves out there. Totally get yeah. it. Uh, and then the third kind, which I think is the middle ground. It's what we see the most, but it actually works is, um, when we do an ins when we do a LinkedIn post from our page, even if the guest doesn't like repost it, as long as they're engaging with that content, yeah. like giving it a like or a comment, it'll like LinkedIn knows what to do and it automatically promos it to their whole network. So it's not like 
the guest is in that case, they're not like uh, tooting their own horn, so to speak. They're just kind of like passively engaging with it. But like LinkedIn figures it out because like they're tagged, they like it. So it shows sends it to their network. And that seems to be a really effective growth strategy. We get a bunch of um, growth through that and guests get a lot of uh, so maybe that's that's like as if if you're a guest, maybe that's like the good way to do it is just like uh you know love the post, give it a nice comment, and get some organic reach. Yeah, just acknowledging it. We've seen that on our side too, because we on our company LinkedIn page we post all of the episodes from our from our clients. We'll tag the clients, we tag the podcast host, and when we get comments from both, that that plays really nicely. So that's yeah. a really that's a great tip. Yeah, um, Blaine. Absolutely. As we're as we're wrapping up this conversation, um, let let the listeners know. A lot of people who are tuning into this podcast are podcast hosts, and I think would love to check out Cast Magic. Would you please let everyone know where they can they can engage and how easy it is? Absolutely. So, um, well. If you happen to be in the D2C space and you like listening to podcasts about D2C, our podcast is D2C Pod. But if you're like most podcasters and you're more interested in podcasting, uh, you can find us at castmagic.io. Um, and once you get there, you can try it out for free. We have like a seven-day free trial where you can process like four episodes through it. Um, so it's really easy to get signed up and started. And then fun fact for now... Um, you can actually chat me directly through the app. So like you'll go through onboarding, whether it's on the website or directly in the app, there's like a little chat widget and you can literally message me. So if you have any questions, like I'm inside the app uh, 24 seven, that's like, I guess, startup life for for now for a little bit, but <laughs> but yeah, it, check it out. Would love, would love any feedback too. Uh, I think one of the other fun parts about building it for podcasters is the amount of incredible feedback that we've gotten. So if you're a podcaster and you come through and you're like, oh my God, I would love to see this. This would be so valuable to my workflow, that sort of thing. Um, we're totally open for it and we want to build value for you guys as podcasters. So yeah, check us out. Great. Thank you so much, Blaine. So you need to go to iTunes, wherever you listen to your to Spotify, wherever you listen to your, your podcasts, um, download. DTC pod, subscribe, listen to it. Love it. It's good. Even if it's not your world, it's still really interesting conversations. You guys bring great guests on really incredible um, combos. So do that. And then also get onto cast magic and check it out. It's, it's a game changer and chat, chat Blaine up, tell him how much you love it. He's there. Well, Brandy, I just want to thank you for coming on, uh, for having me on the show. This yeah. is like my first, this is my first official. Yeah, I've done an interview, but this is my first official podcast being on like the guest side, um, which is actually, which is actually funny because I think I've learned about Kitcaster initially because I was like, oh, there's all these great podcasts. I want to be on a, I want to be guest on all these shows. And I never, I never got around to being a guest on shows. I just became a podcast host myself. So anyway, funny how that works, but I wanted to thank you for coming on. Really enjoyed switching it up and sitting in the guest seat for once. Had a great time um, and love what you guys are doing at Kitcaster. So thanks so much. Yeah, thanks so much, Blaine. Thanks for coming on the show and we'll bring you all back next time. Thank you so much for tuning in to Hosted, a podcast brought to you by Kitcaster, a podcast booking agency. 
If you want to find out more about Kitcaster, about Posted, find us on all of the relevant social channels and tune in to more episodes of Posted. Take care.